This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This is Kathy Lip, and you are listening to You've Got This. And I'm so excited. I am here with my fabulous co-host, Erin McPherson. Erin, how are you doing today? Hi, Kathy. And we're talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. It's, it's so near and dear that uh, I wrote a book with uh, about it. And I am here with my co-author. Now, I know I have three co-authors. It's hard to keep them straight. And you guys have not met this one. I, you guys have spent time with Sherry. You've spent time with Aaron. But you have not met Carol Boley. And Carol Boley and I met many, many years ago at a writer's conference. And she and I found out that we were both step-parents and didn't really know of a resource that kind of addressed that. So she and I have written a book. It's called But I'm Not a Wicked Stepmother. And we're, we wrote it with focus on the family. And we're so thrilled to be here today. And I am passing the reins over to Aaron because Aaron is going to direct this conversation. Because I know that many of you who are listening are not stepmoms, but don't stop listening. Because here's what we want for you. We want you to know a little bit about the stepmom life. We all know that you have a stepmom in your lives, probably not your stepmom, but a friend who has taken on the responsibility of stepkids. And we just want to give you a little bit of insight. These are the things that we as stepmoms wish you knew. And uh, just a way that you can encourage us, maybe when we need specific encouragement and can love on us and just uh, be a partner in helping us raise these really extra special kids. So Erin, the reins have been officially passed to you. Yay. I love having this sort of power. (laughs) But I just want to say thank you guys for writing such an important book and a book that I have not seen anything like it out there. And I just think it's so important. I think about my friends growing up and my mom friends now, and so many of them have been affected by step parents Mm. and in good and bad ways. And this is such an important thing for women to read because it changes families. So let's just start really simple. Kathy, how did you become a stepmom? Well, I did the crazy thing of falling in love. You know, I think that that's how these, these stories always start. And they're so filled with hope and excitement. And I'm, I have kind of an unusual situation, as does Carol. My unusual situation is I've known my stepkids since uh, practically the day they were born. I met my stepkids in the church nursery. And so, well, I was friends with both of their parents. In fact, uh Roger's first wife threw the baby shower for my daughter. I mean, that's really, I mean, we knew each other really, really well. Uh, but she did. Uh, I did not know that. You that's didn't know that? interesting. Yeah, no. Isn't that wild? And so, wild. yeah, she was the children's ministry director at our church. And after she and Roger got divorced, he was single for, you know, years and years. And 
I got I went through a divorce myself, moved away. And then after a few years, Roger and I fell in love. And once we fell in love, and we told the kids we were getting married, um, they went from really liking me to really hating me. And so I became their stepmother under much protest. In fact, I've just recently learned, I mean, within the past couple of weeks, that on the way of the wedding, both of his kids were trying to tell him, you can turn around, Dad. It's okay. I didn't oh. know that when I wrote the book. Ouch. Yes. Oh. All right. So you um, became a stepmom without actually um, wanting to, or maybe you wanted to, but they didn't want you at right, first. Exactly. But we'll talk more about that later. But yeah. I want to hear how Carol became a stepmom first. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine's a little, a little like Kathy's, but a lot different mm-hmm. too. Um, I was 30 something single, never married, no kids, and uh, married a widower with a five year old daughter. Now, similar to Kathy's uh, story, I had known Jim a long time. I had been very good friends with him and his wife. Uh, in fact, I had been at the hospital the night Abby, their child, was born. Wow. And uh, we'd been very good friends. You know, we sang in the church choir together. We taught Sunday school together and gone camping together and all that. And, you know, being 30-something and not married, I remember having conversations with my mother, you know, just on, gee, do you think I'll ever find, you know, the kind of man I'm looking for and you know, how can my life be content even if I don't get married? And anyway, I said, you know, of all the men that I know, I said, you know, a man like Jim Bowley, that's the kind of man that someday I would like to be married to. Of course, I had no feelings about him that way at the time. Car- but just Carol, that's the his- same with me. I said, you know, I was telling my mom, I would like somebody like Roger Lett, but of course not him because, you know, we're yes. just friends. That's so funny. Yes, yes <laughs> absolutely. Oh, Yeah. Uh, but that was the character that I, you know, wanted in a man and the personality and all that. So, yeah, it really wasn't too long after um, his wife died that, um, you know, it's like that line from Gone with the Wind, my feelings deepened, could it be love? <laughs> and, you know, it, it was on both of our parts. So we were married uh, about a year after um, Kathy had died. And so I became uh, a wife and an instant mom. Mm. And that's when I thought... I could use a little help here to uh, to bounce off of one of your book titles, yeah, it's true. you know, and looked for some stuff. And uh, so here we are, yep. 32 years later now. Wow. So let's talk. Like, obviously, Kathy had her stepkids in the back seat begging their dad not to go to the wedding. And you had a baby whose mom had passed away. So tell me what was the hardest thing, Carol? Like, what was it about being a stepmom that just made you think, oh my goodness, this is so difficult? Well, I think, um, Aaron, to answer your question, it was stepping in to a, a child's life who, number one, you know, she had obviously just gone through a very traumatic and upsetting experience, um, you know, to build the trust and show love to her, even though I didn't just drop out of the sky, you know, into her life. I was now in an entirely different uh, position and situation with her. And then, um, you know, adapting to some of uh, Jim's and Abby's ways, uh, even though they wouldn't have been necessarily the way, you know, that I would have taken it from the word go. So realizing what what do I need to adapt to here? How can I... Uh, fit their lifestyle. Hmm. 
Got it. And Kathy, other than the kids in the back seat, what was the hardest part for you? Well, the good news is I didn't find out about that until 10 years later, which was probably the appropriate amount of time. I'll just be yeah. honest with you. 10 years is good. But uh, I would say the hardest thing, it was uh, not really feeling like, I, I'm feeling kind of in between. Like I was responsible for these kids, but they didn't feel that I had any right to speak into their lives. And so um, I felt like I got blamed for everything uh, by yeah. them, by their mom. You know, their mom was not a fan of mine. Uh, let's just be honest. And so uh, there was all these uh, responsibilities, but there were no rights. And so it's a very weird position to be put in. And, and Roger did the best he could. But, uh, you know, it's I was the we called it the pick, the parent in charge, oftentimes. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm not your parent. I get that. But I'm the parent in charge right now. And so, and Roger had to do that for my kids because I came into the marriage with two. So I think that that was not really understanding my role and not really feeling like I had rights to that role. That well, and sense. I think you hit you hit upon a good point. It's like you're the outsider yeah. in your own family. Yes. You know, you don't know all the little nuances. You don't know all the history. And that got me in trouble yes. in a couple <laughs> of instances, you know. Yeah. you know. And But it's almost like there's no way you can know everything. So you start out at a disadvantage, you yeah. know, that's for sure. Well, I remember one time uh, Jer coming downstairs and he said, Kathy, I had... I had hung up my bras in the sh our our shower, our, uh, our our master bedroom shower, to uh, to dry, and sure. he said, "Could you get those down so I could take a shower?" And my thought is, <laughs> "Why are you showering in our room?" You know, that's just I guess he yeah. and his dad. That's where they showered, and Amanda had the other bathroom, and so I mean, it was such an awkward situation <laughs> that I'm like, yeah. um, "Okay, so we need to re." redefine some boundaries and some parameters here but you know it was just it was a hunt that times a hundred a little things that we just had to figure out and that doesn't seem so huge but at the time I'm like you know wait it, it, the the things you would assume in a marriage you can't assume in a step family so well, and different. I think that's the thing, too. While you're adjusting to being married and learning yeah. to live with your husband, you're also learning to live with, you know, your stepchildren as mm -hmm. well. As quirky as we all are, delightfully quirky. And and when you said awkward, I think that's such a great word yeah. to describe so much of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to learn to be comfortable with awkward, yeah. don't you? Yeah, you know, absolutely. that's a great part of it. And not be easily offended. That's the other right. thing I thought is you can't go around being easily offended. Yeah, it, yeah, because you'll just be you'll you'll live in sadness and depression all the time because it's so That's much right. not about you. It's about the situation. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh oh oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yes. And, you know, I think, and Kathy, knowing your situation, I think both of us, you know, we we certainly had our adjustments. But, you know, we've talked to some stepmoms who not figuratively have said, I wanted to blow my brains out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's right. this can, oh, my. Oh, I remember after six months thinking, this is the biggest mistake of my life. Marrying yeah. Roger with, and I loved Roger. And I mean, I think Roger did everything he knew how to do in order to support me. And I think he did a a much better job than many people because he really did the research. He's like, how can I best do this? We went to counseling. You know, the counselor told us how to support each other, but it was still incredibly hard. Well, I give Jim 99% of the credit for the success of our marriage because that same thing, you know, he knew he knew I was coming into a difficult position. And uh, so he went out of his way, you know, and to establish one of the best things he did was tell Abby in front of me, you know, now Carol will have my permission while I'm gone to act as I would, Mm. you know, um, if I were here. Mm. And your job is to treat her with respect, you know, and obey her as you would me. And so he really came on to my defense, Mm. you know, and helped set up the guidelines for her, which, of course, any child needs. Right. So I have a friend who um, is about to get married, actually in a couple weeks here, and her new husband has an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, a boy and a girl, and um, the mom actually just walked out on them. They don't know where she is. And I think your book is a perfect resource for her, but I have a better, Mm -hmm. I have a different question for you, and that's how do I help my friend as she makes this transition. Mm. You know, I think that uh, letting her know that almost any feeling she has over the next couple of years is going to be normal. And uh, to, to also understand, I think for me, a lot of the reaction I got when I would say, you know, that we have a blended family, that I have two kids and two step kids, that people almost treated it like, oh, those are half kids. You know, they... And which isn't true. You know, the situation is exponentially harder because, you know, even though mom is out of the picture for your friend, mom's still in the picture. And even right in the kids hearts. I mean, they're old enough. They remember her. Right. And so even though mom didn't live with us, she kind of lived with us. You know, it was a very difficult situation. There were a lot of people that um, need to be cared for and honored and pleased in that situation. And that we're walking a tightrope, a tightrope, excuse me, I, a tightrope. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking of a typewriter and you don't want to step on the wrong key. Uh, so That too. We yeah. can mix the metaphors. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, and so to, to understand that, you know, my stepkids lived with me full time, or at least one of them did. And so that made it, it was like having the same number of kids just you know, in some ways, more problems. And I'm not saying that, you know, people in intact families don't have problems. That's the least of it. But you know, the the difficulties my kids had were um, 
we had a lot of input from other adults that made it tough. And so uh, it was it was a tough situation. And I was really appreciative of the the friends who, while they may not have understood, they wanted to understand and would ask me questions and would pray for me in ways that maybe um, others didn't. Well, yeah, I think those are good tips. And uh, another thing would be, you know, Erin, just to let her know you're there, to let mm-hmm. her vent. Mm-hmm. She will need a trusted friend that she can vent to who will listen to her without judging or thinking, good night, you know, I can't believe she's saying that about her stepkids, and will just let let her do that where she feels safe. She's going to feel insecure, you know, I mean, parenting, I think, under the best of circumstances, calls out insecurities in you. And my gracious, when you're in a step family, you're just riddled with insecurity. Right. So she will probably turn to you, you know, let, you can let her know you're there to listen, to listen without judging, and be a good sounding board for her. And, you know, you can offer some objective um, advice, I'm sure, you know, from your perspective. Let her know she's loved. Let her know you have confidence that she can do this. You're praying for, her. Uh, but yeah, those are those are good ways to build into her life. Yeah. So you guys have both said that you have good relationships with your stepchildren now. So could you guys, before we go, just give me like a piece of hope, something that can give someone hope for the next twenty years down the road? Oh, oh yes. You know, one thing I would say is. You know, I would say, God bless you, you know, stepmom. You're, you're probably doing a much better job than you even realize because you are dealing with things that kind of can bring your insecurities to the surface. You know, I would say, hang in there. Keep trusting God. God will provide for you. Uh, you know, trust the process. Just keep building good things into your stepchildren's lives. And, and I think another thing is realize you don't have total control. So don't judge your success over over the current status of your relationship with your stepkids or how they even, you know, treat you at the moment. Just keep keep doing those things you know to do. And my hunch is, you know, over time, that love relationship will grow. Even if it doesn't turn into that, you know you've done what you need to do and you've been a successful stepmom. Okay. And Kathy, what about you? You know, one of my favorite parts of our entire book was I put up on Facebook a question. I said, stepmoms, tell me what you did right. And, you know, we got almost no responses to that. It, it, it was so, it felt so hopeless. And so I was really scared to post the next question, but I asked, Hey, stepkids, can you tell me something that your stepmom did right? And we were flooded with responses. Uh, everything from my stepmom taught me to love Jesus. My stepmom taught me how to, uh, cook. My stepmom taught me, uh, how to, how to, they, my stepmom and my dad taught me what a healthy relationship looked like. So even though we don't feel like we always did such a great job, um, our stepkids notice. Now they may not have noticed in the moment. You know, I would say for the first five years and research, research shows that the first five years of a step family is, is the tough part. It doesn't, it almost doesn't matter how old the kids are, what, what any of that. But now, um, you know, I look back at it and five years ago, a little bit more than five years ago, my stepdaughter was engaged and, uh, Unfortunately, well, now we look at it, fortunately, uh, that engagement didn't go off. But she did all of the 
mom stuff with her mom, which is what I wanted her to do, you know, go and do that. Uh, you know, the shopping for the dress, the planning of the wedding, you know, I just knew that I was married to the checkbook. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's really what I was. But now um, she's engaged and she's marrying a wonderful young man, Sean, um, in September. And every mom event I've been invited to. And so w- now she just calls us the mom unit. So there's, uh, there's her mom, me and her future mother in law. And both she and her future husband refer refer to me as the bonus mom. And, you know, we it, it's been so exciting, because we weren't in that part of the relationship the first time she was engaged, but now we are. And it's been so exciting to see what God has done in my relationship with her and also her brother. Her brother and I are good friends now. But it's taken a lot of love, a lot of healing, a lot of shutting my mouth. And it's taken growth on their part, too. You know, growth on my part, growth on their part. But God has good things in store for the stepmom who prays and waits. You guys, this is just, I think it's going to be really encouraging to stepmoms, but I think even for women like me who have friends, who have parents and who have stepmoms and who are stepmoms, I think it's just going to really help us to see that these are people and we're all fighting the same battles. We're all fighting in our relationships and our for our kids. So thank you for sharing this. And Erin, we know that there are some discouraged stepmoms out there. So we want to offer something. Carol is pulling together uh, six verses for discouraged stepmoms. So it doesn't matter where you are in this journey. We understand that there is discouragement, but you know, God wants to, you to live in hope that we, we're not looking for perfect stepmoms because perfect is the enemy of hope. But we know that God can do great things in our lives and our families when we are relying on his word. So we, we want to offer that to all of our readers and listeners. And we want to, we'll put that up on the show page. That is just great. I'm so excited that you guys have this resource and these verses and just this encouragement for stepmoms and moms who know stepmoms and moms who have stepmoms and everybody else who just needs just that little bit of encouragement that they're doing okay. So thank you guys. And the book is, But I'm Not a Wicked Stepmother, Secrets of Successful Blended Families. That's it. I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so Yay. excited. Carol, thanks so much <laughs> for being on with us. Oh, well, what a pleasure. It was my joy and I appreciate it. Well, you've been listening to You've Got This. And if you're a stepmom, you've got this. We promise. So go and look at our resources. We want to be an encouragement to you. Erin, thanks so much for hosting us today. I am Kathy Lip, and we will speak to you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 